Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. Once again, I am so glad that you are here. If this is your first episode, if you have been listening since day dot, welcome. Welcome back. I have another incredible, this is a guest episode today, so I have another incredible guest with an incredible writing career that I cannot wait to share with you and all the advice and lessons that we are going to learn from this particular episode. I literally recorded this and listened to it straight back and absolutely so much wisdom, so much wisdom. So I can't wait to get into it. But first of all, if you do love this episode, if your goal this year is to become a writer, if you're like, I am doing it, if you have been writing for a while, but you are just ready to like, just step up the next level, whatever that next level is, I am here for you. I am supporting you. This is what this whole community is about. So um, follow us over on Instagram at the Writer's Advice Podcast or you can go and join our private um, group as well on Facebook, which is the Writer's Advice Podcast community. You can search for us there and I will accept you in, introduce yourself and yeah, get your support crew going. Get us all around what you're working on and, and declare your goals. I'm very excited about it. Also, the Writer's Advice Podcast is brought to you by the fabulous Writer's Journal. Now, if you've probably heard me, if you have been listening for a while, talk about this for so many episodes. <laughs> but honestly, if you're a writer and you're like, um, you're just stuck on a couple of things. You've got an idea, but you don't know how to get the depth out of your characters. You've got an idea, but you don't really know how to build the whole world, whether that's fantasy, whether that's normal, whether that's writing scenes, whether that's putting your idea into a whole plot. This journal is going to help you do it all. Unlike a book that's going to tell you exactly how to do things, this is going to guide you through it, but it prompts you the questions that you need to be able to sit with yourself and write the depth that you need of all the characters, learning them inside and out, all the worlds, all the visionaries of the scenes and how to put it together in a well-structured plot so that you can create the book that you were born to write. The Writer's Journal is available on my website at, uh, sorry, it's oliviahillier.com or on Amazon. Just search the Writer's Advice Journal by Olivia Hillier and jump on it. So many people have been jumping on it. I am obsessed hearing about all the stories that everyone has been creating with it. So yay. All right, guys, that's all I've got. That's all I've got for you this morning. No major update of this morning. I'm recording this this morning, but you might be listening to this at night time. So whenever you are, whenever, wherever in the world you are listening to this, let's get in to this week's episode. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. Now, I have a guest that I know so many people are excited to hear from. So welcome to the Writer's Advice Podcast, Elise Kova. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here and I love talking shop. I love talking writing. So let's go. <laughs> now, for the very little people who might not know about you, can you give us like a, just a quick rundown of of what you write and and what you're about 
Yeah. So, oh gosh, I feel like, you know, I've been in this industry now for about 10 years. So breaking it down in any kind of quick fashion, I'm already going way too long, but attempting the TLDR, um, got my start in 2013, wrote my first book in like 2012 or so, uh, 2013, I queried agents that didn't work out. I then decided to go indie, um, launched my first book in August of 15, uh, became a full-time author in January of 16. And then since then been a full-time author, I write fantasy with deep emotions, as I like to say, because some, some of them are very heavy romance leaning. Some of them have no romance, but there's always a lot of the feels in them. I love that uh, fantasy with deep emotions. That is like the perfect, also, it's very intriguing for someone to be like, oh, <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. There is so much in that. Firstly, I want to know when you were you, you in like 2012, we were like, okay, cool. I want to give this writing thing a go. Like, were you, did you always know that you were going to be a writer? Had you always been kind oh, of- Oh gosh, no, not at all. Not, not even in the slightest. So I, I have always enjoyed creative pursuits. I've enjoyed art. I enjoy theater. I enjoy writing. Like it's all books have always been a big part of my life as I think it, they have been for a lot of authors. Um, but my parents incredibly supportive, but they were also the very pragmatic, like realistic supportive. So they're like, if you want to go in a creative field, we're going to cheer you on. We're going to help you as best we can, as is reasonable kind of thing. I mean, it's not, there was never a situation where it's like, we'll just fund you until it like comes to be. <laughs> like it was very, uh, I, you know, I think at one point, I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad or my older sister, but but someone was basically like, you know, there's the term starving artist for a reason. Like, like there is a nugget of truth in that one. So I did not pursue any of the arts um, other than a major because, or sorry, a minor in college because I was like, well, I've taken so many studio art classes for funsies. I'm one class away from getting a minor, but I, my background is actually in business. And so I got my master's in business. I was going to do the corporate America thing. And in 2011, 2012, I... I joke, but it's somewhat serious of I got bored and wrote a book of I was super into Thor, the like original Marvel movie Thor at the time, and specifically into Loki. And I'm like, oh, I want to write a fan fiction. And I knew myself and I knew I'd get 100,000 words into a fan fiction and be like, I am so annoyed that I just wrote on someone else's world and now I can't do anything with it which no shade to fan fiction writers I admire it I just know myself and I would be so annoyed with myself so I took a step back and I went okay how do I like what is the story that I actually want to tell and how do I make it my own and I did that and that was Air Awakens I posted it on Fiction Press which was kind of like a precursor to Wattpad because oh. um, I'm I am old school. I read my fan fiction on fanfiction.net. So Fiction Press was like a sister site to that. Before the days of AO3, back when my <laughs> back didn't hurt. Um, and so it wasn't until I had the book finished and I had a bunch of readers that were suddenly all going, well, what what's the next? Is this going to be published? Like, what's the next step? And so at, at the same time, I was working full time. I, you know was going into the corporate America thing. Like it was just a side project, side hustle that 
I did take very seriously because again, I'm the sort with the business background and mindset. I was like, if I'm going to go for this, I want to go for it. But it was never a, this is going to become my job. This is going to become my career. And then Air Awakens came out and I was super lucky and super blessed that that did as well as it did. And I went, all right, I guess this is worth taking a shot at because at that point in my life, I was, you know, I was younger and I had a job that allowed me to save up, create a safety net for myself and a little nest egg and all of that. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a shot. I have no kids. I have no dependents. I, I have a cat. That's about it. And I'm going to take a shot at this. And if it doesn't work out, I'll find a new job in six months. Oh my God. I love this so much. So Air Awakens is like the book that you were just like, okay, cool. You saw enough success from it where you're like, I can keep this, keep this going business-wise. Yeah. So it was Air Awakens kind of had that takeoff moment and then Fire Falling, which is book two, Air Awakens is a five book series. Book two came out because I was releasing a book every three months at that point, because that was what Amazon, you couldn't set up a pre-order longer than three months in advance. Yeah. And I was a firm believer that I wanted my next book on pre-order when my previous book came out, which I still try and do as much as possible. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to release every three months. So Air Awakens came out. It did really well. Fire Falling did even better. And then at that point, Fire Falling came out. It would have been August, September, October, like late October, November timeframe, I think it was. And I was looking ahead to Earth's End, which was, I think, January of 26. Um, and it was already kind of, the the numbers were there. And I'm like, all right, let's try it. And again, it, it was, I, I don't want to ever come off like I'm advocating for people to, to do that because it was what made sense for me in my situation. And I've had a lot of privileges. I've had a lot of really good luck. I have not had the setbacks that many people have to deal with. And I think that that's all things that you have to consider about your unique situation. But for me and where I was in my point in time, I was like, okay, I at least have enough coasting. Uh, if this all collapses in three months, I'll be okay. Like it might be nights of ramen noodles and, you know, not turning on the AC, but I'll be okay until I can find something else as another job. I yeah and I, I absolutely love that so much because it's kind of like knowing firstly like how are you going to know to give yourself that chance if you literally don't give yourself that chance and it's also just being prepared where it's like hey I do have this nest egg I have worked hard I am going to be safe for a little while if things go bad like what's what's wrong with giving it a go I think that's amazing yeah and I mean not again not everybody can do that mm -hmm. like and and I absolutely I always like to stress that because I think it's so easy we're like, if it was me now where I have a whole lot more responsibilities and people and things depending on me that I didn't when I when I took that jump, um, I might not take the jump. And that's also valid. But I, I do think to, to your point of highlighting that sometimes you do have to like give it the space as best you're able to, to have that chance. Yeah, absolutely. But I, and you talk so much about luck, however. <laughs> being the businesswoman that you are like I feel like there's some strategy to it were you kind of like yes you've got that three month thing is there any other kind of but also your branding is incredible like when you pick up a one of your books you know it's an Elise Cova book and like everything works together so well like did you have that planned from the start like I feel like there was some strategy behind it all 
I mean, yes and no. Strategy, yeah. of course, is something that has evolved over time. Um, and and some things I kind of, uh, I guess, chanced my way into. Again, I, I am very business oriented. Marketing was my focus on all of that. So I was out the gate very much of, I want to take the time. And if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right, as right as I can. And so there was about a year between when I stopped querying agents and when I started um, or when Air Awakens first came out. And during that year, I really, I researched the market. I researched the industry. I looked at what not just other indie authors were doing, but what traditional publishers were doing, where readers were talking, how they were communicating. And I really took notes and I existed in the space and I wasn't publishing from my own vacuum kind of thing. And so I think that that was really helpful and but but I do I do emphasize luck as well because I have read so many incredible books that just never take off they're just the the right book at the wrong time kind of thing and so I the way that I kind of liken it and it's a bit of a belabored metaphor but it's almost like I think of it like if you're trying to build a fire and you got all your tinder and your kindling and and you know your logs and you set it all up correctly and if someone, you know, if suddenly lightning strikes exactly where you've set up this pile of wood and sticks and stuff, that's going to get the fire going a lot faster than doing it yourself. So you can set yourself up to be in a good position for the lightning strike, but sometimes you either have to make the fire on your own because the lightning strike never comes, or it, it, there's a downpour for some reason and you just get unlucky. So there is a factor of luck to it, and I think that that's important to acknowledge in this industry. Yeah, 100%. And you can't, I, I guess it's like writing to market. You also, you can't really, when I feel like everyone should write what comes best to them anyway and what they really, really want to write. But at the same time, it's like you never really know what the next thing's going to be or what's going to take off or, you know, the next thing that people are going to pick up nowadays. So um, I love that. I love that fire analogy so much. So <laughs> that is really, really great. Now, I want to talk about your creativity. So firstly, firstly, it was Thor. Like, you're like, yes, this is what's really kind of like <laughs> got the spark going. What is it now? Like, and when you think of a series or a world, do you kind of like, yep, this is how much I'm going to put, like, this is how many books it's going to be. How how planned out is it? And how does it come through to you? Where are you most inspired? Every every series is completely different. I always say there's a, a kernel of inspiration. So yeah, with Air Awakens, it was a combination of Thor and a song called Clarity by Zed. And that was kind of the kernel of inspiration that everything spun out from. Every series is different, as I think with most authors it is. You know, you you see something and then you just go, that would be a really cool idea for a book though. Like, how do I, I, I suddenly have a story in my brain. Um so it's it's really not any one particular thing that ever kind of gets me to this is going to be the creative place. I do think that a lot of times I have ideas that will just sit in the back of my mind for a really long time until it's the right time. And I also have ideas that will just come out of nowhere and be like, write me now. And I'm just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, as far as series and stuff, though, you know, that's that's always a hard one because I write epic fantasy and so epic fantasy is sweeping it's big and you know there's usually a lot going on with it and I think for me I kind of have a sense when I start writing book one about how many books it's going to be 
But I always say to my readers of like, this is how many books I have planned because I never want to drag on a story longer than it should be or cut it off before it should be. So it usually isn't until I'm about halfway through the series that I'm like, okay, yes, this is this is how many books it will be. And what gives me that initial gut feeling is I think of it as an individual story, um, you know, has the beginning, inciting incident, midpoint, climax, end. Your whole series should have a story arc that roughly follows the same thing. And I think it isn't until I get to the midpoint that I'm really confident of this is for sure how many books it will be. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Does that mean that your books aren't 100% planned out at the start either? You kind of like let it work, see where it goes. Oh, yeah. No, I, I am not a plotter. I am not a planner. Um, I mean, I, I, I okay, I shouldn't emphasize that so much. I do plan <laughs> some things. I do plot some things. But I am definitely also a discovery writer and my characters... I, Whenever I've tried to plan too much, we'll just run off the rails and I'll be like, I don't know where you're going, but I'm going to follow you because this is cool. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's usually, uh, I try and have a little bit of column A, column B, where I have some idea of what I see the overall series plot and character plot to be. But it really isn't until I finish the first draft that I go, okay, this is the story. This is the characters. Yeah, yeah. And I absolutely love how you explained, you know, your story arc. Oh, also, there's a series arc as well. That's a really great point of where you're like, actually, no, this is exactly where the middle the middle is. I, lo- I love hearing from authors who aren't completely planned because I find that too. It's like you get planned and it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you've got to have both. Yeah, yeah. That's the creative <laughs> magic, right? I absolutely love that so much. Now, what does your day look like? I mean, it might have been different before when you were like, yeah, cool, I'm go- I'm sure it's different now to when you were like, I'm going full time in this. You may, I don't know, if it was a little bit more hectic back then. We were like, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make this happen. But what was your kind of like day-to-day of writing then to now and and the process of everything? And also now I'm sure you have a lot more to deal with just than writing. You know, there's the whole business side of it as well. Yeah, I I think it's funny because I talk with a lot of authors who are just starting out and readers especially, where I'll say, you know, writing and editing at most, at most is maybe 50% of my day. The other 50% is all of the other business stuff, scheduling social media, going through my emails, reviewing contracts, doing advertisements, making, reviewing book covers, like all of those things take a lot of time and I'm glad to do it. I'm lucky to do it. But I would say probably right now 50% to and and some days some days are a push. Some we all are on deadline sometimes where we go, okay, well 100% of my time today has to be editing because tomorrow the book is due to my editor. So that's what my day is. Um but on the aggregate I would probably say around 30 to 40% of my day is writing up to 50. Um Back when I was just getting started, I would say I spent about the same amount of time. I just had less time to spend on it. And I had to be a lot more selective on what I took on, especially with regards to the business side of things, because I was working a full-time job and, you know, would get home, shove some food in my face and then start my second job. And I treated it very much like a second job where then I would have another, if I got home at say six and was done by seven, another 
four or so hours before bed that I would write and do all the things with, which was enough to get through some writing and editing and business stuff, but not enough time that not like now where it's like, oh, I have enough time that I can dedicate to running my own direct sales shop or something like that. So definitely that has been a big shift from when I started to when I went full time to even now where I think I'm a little bit more optimized in my time because I'm more familiar with how to do things. Yeah. And you become more comfortable with the, I don't know, like general process that you've set up, I guess. So where you know where the day-to-day thing is, it's not like, oh my God, like I got another book coming out. I mean, I'm sure there's surely moments like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, and and absolutely. But but it's true. Like it's the, yeah, I have another book coming out and it's stressful and it's a little hectic because it always is. But at the same time, I know, okay, eight to 10 weeks before the book's release, there's my cover reveal. There's when arcs are sent, which means, you know, two months before that, I need to have my arc proof set up and pre-ordered it. Like you just kind of get into the flow of it where even if the stress is there and there's always the curveballs for every release that makes it unique, you're more relaxed the more you do it. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But um, <clears throat> now do you have like a a goal now of like, okay, cool. This is how much I want to release per year. Are you still kind of like sticking with, with those kind of goals or you're kind of just like, whatever comes through me. What's, what's, what is like. I, now? I think at this point, my core goal, it all boils down to, I just want to be able to do this for the rest of my life and be able to support myself with this for the rest of my life. And it's incredible that I'm able to, and I have been able to, and I don't take a day for granted. And so I think that, you know, yes, every, I I am not immune to, I would love to hit the New York Times bestseller list at some point. I would love to, you know, see my books made into an excellent movie or TV show. Like I, no author is going to say that they don't want those things. Or like, I'd love to continue seeing my sales go up book over book. Like, of, of course, of course I want those things, but I think that I try really hard to never lose sight of the fact that what I get to do is a dream for me and for so many others. And just the fact that I get to do it and my bills are paid, that's enough. Everything else above and beyond that is exceptional, but that's the bare minimum. And as long as we're clearing that bar day after day, then that's all I need to worry about. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's so, it's so true too. I feel like I hear a lot of authors who like are coming up or they're wanting to write a book, you know, those big dreams are so easy to like take over in your head. But once you focus on like, hey, actually, what do I really want out of this? Like, what is it for? Like, maybe it, it is just to, hey, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to write. I want to just be a writer. And it's like focusing on that rather than like the big um accolades or or anything like that it's like actually no okay cool I feel like that helps refocus as well and then everything else comes alongside that so I think that's well and the the fact of the matter is too is that a lot of that stuff you don't have any control over like the the New York Times bestseller list is a perfect example of that where you know they they don't they don't really accept indie authors as as they barely accept like small press authors onto their list and even even authors like that are massive authors that you're just like how are you not hitting even more than you're hitting and so it's like you know there there are those things that would be great but you have no control over getting a movie deal or something you know there's so much 
in Hollywood that it's about who you know in the right place at the right time with the right person finding the right thing. And you just can't, you can't control any of that. So focusing on what you can control, which is writing the best book you can, putting it out there in the way that you want it to go out there, whether that's traditional or indie or whatever, and then focusing on who you are as an author and your brand online focusing on those three buckets, I think is just the best way forward for any author at any point in their career. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. And with that, with the moment where you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to go into this self-publishing author thing. (laughs) What advice would you have for someone right now? Maybe they are querying and they're like, oh, should I go down this route? Do you have some advice of like, okay, you would be the right person? Sorry. (laughs) No, you're okay. You would be the right person for this if, or like, this is what you've got to be um, aware of, because I feel like there's so much more to the business side that a lot of people don't think of, where if, you, if you're like, yeah, cool, I really want this, like, what advice would you pass on to someone who's who's going to do more of the self-publishing? Yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I'll, I'll kind of rewind a little bit, and then I'll narrow in on self-publishing. I think that do your research on all forms of publishing and make sure that you have picked the right publishing path for you and for your book. Because not every book fits for self-publishing. I don't think personally, you can self-publish any book you want, of course, like it, it is physically possible to do. But there are some types of books like very literary titles or very um, high con, like certain, certain types of titles like that. I think- you know, are going to be better in the traditional space. There are some people who just want to be published traditionally, and that's okay too, just like there are people who want to go independent. And then, you know, the other thing that I I would say, getting kind of into the indie space, you know, questions that that I sort of pose to indie authors are, do you have the time and the resources for what independent publishing demands? I am not one of those people who's going to go out there and say that you have to have $20,000 to publish your first book and have it be a success. Goodness knows I did not have that. And I know a lot of indie authors who have found incredible success that have had a shoestring budget to, to do it. But there is the fact of the matter of you do have money you're putting up in some amount for editing, for cover design, for any kind of promotions you do that you don't have on the traditional side of things. You actually have an advance. You have a guaranteed amount of money that you're going to be given from the publisher assuming you deliver your manuscript and you know don't violate your contract. So I think that's a question. Do you have the time to go through independent publishing? Because it is a bit more time consuming because you do have to pull all of those levers yourself and worry about all of those things. You don't have that built-in publishing team that comes with a traditional publisher. And if you are someone who is a single mom with three kids you might not have the time, the energy, the bandwidth to to do that. And that is okay. You don't have to. Um, if you want to do it, don't let me dissuade you either. But like, you know, it's just, it's just those things that that you weigh and that you calculate. And and the final thing that I would say looking at the independent publishing side is that you occupy the space of both publisher and author. And the space of author is going to come naturally. It's what you did to write the book. But the space of publisher means that you have to look at your book as a product. You have to look at your book as a thing that you have to sell to people, convince people to buy, you know, however you want to look at that. 
And that can be really hard because you need to kind of divorce yourself from a lot of the emotions that come tied up with the book and look at it as even in your editorial stages of how am I going to sell this? Who is going to buy this? How am I going to communicate it? And is the book living up to those promises with the content within? And I think that that can be really hard for a lot of authors because, you know, it's it's your book, it's your baby, it's your vision, it's exactly the way you want it. But if exactly the way you want it doesn't necessarily have a very clear market position, you might have to adjust your expectations or adjust the book. And it can be one or the other. And I tell people that all the time too, is I'm like, you don't have to change your book. To You mentioned writing to market earlier. You don't have to write to market, but you do have to adjust your expectations if you are writing to a niche of a niche of a niche that has like 50 readers you have to adjust your expectations that you're probably not going to be topping out the Amazon charts anytime soon. And if that's not important to you, then more power to you. Go out and get those 50 readers, make them the most loyal readers ever and be happy. Like that's okay. But you do have to consider that. Yeah, 100%. I absolutely love everything that you said in that. I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) But, But it's so true because it's like, honestly, if you just like sit down and you like sit down and think of it as a product business and and once you know where things fit and if you can get into that mind and if if you like a lot of people do have great business lines that's why they do do this but it's like being able to enjoy the writing process and then being able to switch that off and be like okay cool product product now you know it's yeah exactly and I I love independent publishing I don't want to seem like I'm pushing people in any direction or the other but just that I think every publishing path is valid Mm -hmm. with the exception of predatory, like agencies, publishers, like there are bad actors out there. So those are the only things that I would say is not valid. And that's not on the author. That's on them for being terrible people. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And what you're talking about is like, I haven't, I I don't see it as much in Australia, but it's like, um, I've heard of like authors saying like there's agents that come to them, but, and then they ask for them for money, essentially things like yeah, that. An agent, yeah. An agent should never ask you for money. That should never be like, if they're like, oh, well I charge for my editorial reads An agent should never do that. Agents make money when you do. And um, similarly with publishers. Now I do draw a distinction here of there is a publisher, which is a true publisher. You should never pay. You should, they should be putting up the money to produce the book, giving you money in the form of advances and or royalties. There are publishing services companies. Now, those I think can also be valid where if you're like, I want to hire someone to format my book or to teach me how to do something, but there's like a gray area somewhere between that I've seen sometimes that kind of, uh, I've heard some people call it like the vanity press space, but I... It's kind of that middle ground where they're like, we're your publisher, but you're also paying us a bunch of money. But unlike a services company where you pay the money for a service and you just get the service, they're also taking the rights to your book. And then it just gets weird. And you're like, "Mm, don't do that. (laughs) Good advice. (laughs) Now, you've given so much advice, so much incredible advice throughout this, but I want to know. If you would just give like one little bit for any author who's listening to this right now, one like last little bit of advice, what what would you, what's a, a last piece you would pass on? Um, so I've talked a lot about the business side of things. Uh, I, so I'll gear this toward more writing craft. Mm-hmm. And that is never 
doubt the how do, how, do, how do I want to phrase this? Never doubt the importance of really good editorial. And I think that is something that a lot of authors get hung up on, especially newer authors who have not been through the editorial process. And so when an author is writing their first draft or even after they've finished their first draft, which yay, if you've made it that far, yay, 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 celebrate, that's a triumph. But an author, when they, they're in the process of their first draft, is probably going, this is hot garbage that no one is going to want to read. And the secret is, is that pretty much every author I know reads their first draft and feels like it's hot garbage. I've, I think I've had one book in my, in my entire history that I've read and I went, who wrote that? Because that first draft is actually okay. That couldn't have been me. Most of my drafts are a mess. And what is finally published looks nothing like that first draft. And that is because it goes through multiple rounds of all of the different stages of editing. So you have developmental or content editing, where you're looking at the big picture, characters, um, overall plotting, pacing, those sort of things. You have line editing, where you're looking at continuity on the line level, syntax, flow, some of those pacing issues within a chapter. And then you have proofreading, which is, you know, or copy edits, which is, are all of your T's crossed and I's dotted. And each of those stages you can spend months in. And so I think that it is possible that some authors, when they're starting out, will look at their first draft and go, how does this ever become a book that's worth being published? And having faith, even if it's blind faith in the editorial process, and also sticking with the editorial process, even when it's hard, because editing is uncomfortable, it is hard, I think... Personally, I struggle more with editing than I do with the actual writing, but it is just such an important part of the process. Don't neglect it and stay in it. Like I, I just, I think of it like, you know, when you're exercising and your muscles are fatigued and they're screaming at you and you just want to drop the weight or like jump up out of the squat or something. And you have that like trainer on the video or in person or, or your friend or someone who's like, come on, two more seconds, stay in it, stay in it. Don't, don't give up. Don't give out. That is like editing for me. Just, just stick it out. If you're an author like me at all, just have faith and stick it out. Absolutely. I love that so much. It's just constantly keeping those seconds going. Hey? So, hey, just keep reassuring yourself. Absolutely. And I find it's also too, I think it's like, it can be so hard, but if you can just like find a way to think of it as fun, because everything yeah. process as well, like each book is going to be completely different, which I think is so great. Do you use different authors for, di uh, sorry, different authors. Do you use different editors for different processes or do you have got the one that will, will help you through the whole way? So I have, I have three different editors for the three different stages. So I have an editor that is for my developmental content stage, for my line and for my proofreading. I will say I am a big believer if you can, if you're able, if you have the resources to at least have two editors and to divide it between developmental content and line and copy, because I do think a, a really solid line editor can take it through to kind of the copy stage. But I think that having those two eyes on your manuscript are really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love that as well. Cause it's like once you've once you've gone through a massive developmental edit to then go over it with the same person, to have just someone else give it another um look over, I think is incredible. So oh my gosh, you have shared so much stuff with us. So like I can't believe you've been 
enough of this. Now, can you please let everyone know where they can find more of you, where they can find your books? You've got a new one coming out soon, I believe. I have one coming out in February. It's my fourth book in my A Trial of Sorcerer series. Um, you can find information on that and all of my books at elisekova.com. That's E-L-I-S-E-K-O-V-A.com. I have links to everything on my website, but I'm also on Instagram at elise.kova, TikTok at elisekova. I have a newsletter where if you sign up, you can get like a free sample of one of my books or a special bonus scene or whatever else. So check that out, elisekova.com forward slash subscribe. And I just, I hope that if you check out one of my books that you enjoy it and I'm on Amazon. So, you know, the, the place that everyone kind of goes to. <laughs> Excellent. Oh my gosh. I will put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Elise. Thank you.